Welcome to Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. During today's program, your host, Mark Friedman, may discuss specific financial planning and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planning professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. And now here's the host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. If you don't wanna see me, did a full one, about the way I was did the heartbreak change me maybe Welcome back to another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman, and I'm joined by my business partner, Marion Gilman. How are you today, Marion? I'm great. How are you, Mark? I'm I'm doing good. We've got um according to Janet Yellen, we are um just days away from um, tragedy here in America. Is that the case? Well, you know, she said she's going to give an update soon about when that might happen. Yeah, and so, you know, although she said previously that it was going to happen on June 1st, I actually think there's a little leeway in there. Well, like everything else, right? There's a leeway in a lot of things. Absolutely. And what we're talking about is this debt ceiling um, issue that continues to um, threaten Americans through sound bites and news stories. Dominate the press right it, it now. It sure does. Isn't it? it makes yeah. you feel like the, comp- the uh, country is going to fall to shambles. Um, but what do you think the chances are, Marion, of the debt ceiling, of them not coming to an agreement on the debt ceiling? You know, it's fascinating because I listened, I watch all of this, I listen to this stuff. And honestly, I think the majority of analysts and um, people in the know seem to feel that. They will resolve it. Of course they will. It's usually at the last minute. They have to keep you on pins and needles, but they will resolve it. And you know what? They're actually, you know, uh, Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden have been meeting and they're projecting positive messages. So they they invest they have a vested interest. Look, in this. I, I look at it this way: if if these guys can't come to some agreement, knowing the stakes that are at hand, how could you possibly possibly vote for either of these people at the next election? And that's a very good point. <laughs> and and I think both of them want to be reelected. That is so true. And you know, I, I say that about a lot of things. Like, and and the debt ceiling is certainly one of them. It's, it's one it's, of the. It's it's like, but it's also like when people and I'm sure people ask you. Is Social Security going to be there? Are they going to not pay my so Social... So the Republicans are going to take it away, Mary. Yeah. Are they going to? Are they not going to pay me my Social Security amount? Well, you know, the senior citizens tend to be a very um, dominant voting block. They sure do. And Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy and everybody else there wants to get reelected. Absolutely. And what if we had another COVID crisis starting in three months? Do you think we'd figure out a way to issue checks again like they did before? No, because we're having a debt ceiling right. crisis. So all this stuff of course is, they would. Right. Yeah. All this stuff's going to get worked out. The problem is, is that the people that are actually in the know of what's going on are not the people that are reporting on the story. It's me- the media, and the media is a lot of things. The media is the news. I mean, it's TV, it's radio, it's social media, it's... It's the third and fourth party information that you and I might share with others. Right. That all gets either misinterpreted and or presented in a in a fashion that 
creates news. Creates news. So you'll stick around. So you'll watch the ads that appear That's on those stations. They need to create excitement and. Honestly saying, oh, yeah, well, you know what? The debt ceiling is getting negotiated, and at the last minute they'll come to some agreement is not nearly as exciting as saying, on June 1st, we're not going to be able to pay our bills anymore. Right. Do you think, how do you, if, if, you're, if you're Congress, if you're the White House, if you don't pay your bill, you know that you are going to be looked upon as no longer the strongest nation in the world. And that was actually pointed out at the G7 summit that Biden was at over um, over last weekend. Yeah. And, you know, that other dominant countries in the world expressed their concern that, that the U.S. was not going to, you know, that it was going to default on their debt. Crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's going to work out because everything in Congress works out at the last minute. They're going to push and push and push because all it is is about both sides of the aisle having something to claim as victory. And if one person can claim it and the other one can't, you're not going to have a deal. It's all about negotiation. It's it, it's a pain. It stinks. And but it's painful to watch. It really is. And hear about all the time. Because remember, you're only hearing about the stuff that someone wants to tell you about. Right. But the issue really becomes is we get all worked up. All this anxiety, all this chatter around the, the kitchen table with your friends at work, the water cooler, whatever it is. And all of these things, frankly, are things we can't control. So one of the things that we thought we'd share and some thoughts on is trying to help just, just ask you, what is it that keeps you up at night? And I think for some people, this whole debt ceiling conversation is keeping people up at night. But what else, and I don't think it should, but I understand everybody worries about a lot of different things. That's right. But what, what are you hearing, Marion, as we talk to people? I mean, how many calls are we getting on the debt ceiling crisis? We're not getting a lot of calls on that. Every, you know, we do have a few clients that have sent us emails or called. Um, and you know, most of the clients though, they know what our opinion is about this because we've been through it many times before. And our but approach, Mary, this time it's different. Is it really? Yeah, Good. this time it's okay, different. That's yeah. what they tell me. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we thought so many times. You can't invest in the stock market anymore. It's no good. That stocks are never coming back in my lifetime. How many times have you heard that? Oh, so many times. Right. So and many guess times. what? They've always come back in their lifetime. There's always blips along the way. Sure. But, but what else... You know, we've, we've always used this expression, and I continue to try to share it with folks because I hope you'll use it too, in that you should focus on the things that you can control, not on the things you can't control. And certainly you can't control Congress. I mean, you could, theoretically, if you voted in different people, but not that's sure not that's going to, and I'm not sure that's going to help out, but, no. you know. So, but what, what is keeping, uh, what do you hear, see that keeps people up at night, Mary? You know, from our client's perspective, it's more something like running out of money or it's family issues. You know, my children can't find a job or, you know, how are they going to make it in the world? How are they ever going to buy a house? There's so many of those kinds of things that um, keep people up at night. It's not so much the debt ceiling. No. Thank God. No, it's not. <laughs> health. Their health sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but these are things that parts of it that you can't control. Certainly from a money standpoint, I mean, people say, well, well, will I run out of money? Well, the first thing that you can do is you could save more 
or you could spend less. Exactly. And that's usually, well, that would be the solution to the debt ceiling too, right? But, um, But that's usually the solution that is in your control. And as we said, you've got to do what you can control. It's, it's interesting because I was, there are some folks that believe that they can continue to spend what they want, knowing full well that they may not have enough money. And they don't seem to be concerned by it because they have this perspective, well, if it's good enough for the government, <laughs> why can't I do it? And, you know, one of the things that's interesting, the difference between you and me and the government is the government is going to be around far longer than you and me. We have a finite lifestyle where they a finite lifespan where they have an infinite one. Right. They work in perpetuity. Right. So they don't have to worry about balancing the budget necessarily on a monthly, weekly, annually or even 50 year, 100 year basis. As much Whereas as it would be nice do. as much as it would be nice to be fiscally responsible and do that. Right. There is not as much pressure as there is to do it ourselves. Can you raise your debt ceiling? Uh, <laughs> just, just say, no, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna pay my mortgage, I'm not gonna pay my car payment, I'm not gonna pay my electric bill, just because I just don't, I don't have it. Or, you know, um, okay, And not so, face a consequence. Right, exactly, and so I don't have a job, so I have no income coming in, and I can't really find a job, so, um, you know, I'm, I think I'm just going to borrow money. Well, nobody's going to lend you money if you don't have any income coming in. Right. So it's a vicious circle, um, but the government doesn't face that vicious circle. Right, because they just all they have to do is turn on the printers and print more money. I've it, been to the mint in I, Washington. I, I have. I have too. And so you know, but I do think this whole idea of focusing on what we can control and what we can't control is a big thing. Look, I it think is. one of the things that keep people up at night. Look, folks are sending their kids off to college. You know, there's graduations that are going on this week and kids will start to go off to college. And some parents are finally realizing that, oh my goodness, college is going to cost a lot of money. And I really hadn't thought about how I'm going to pay for it, which is mind-blowing to me. Yet they're saying, you know, it's my child. You should go wherever you can get into. But if you can't afford it, are you as a parent willing to dig yourself deeper in debt for that or do you do something different right and it realistically I mean depending upon how old you are and close to retirement you are taking uh, home equity loan lines of credit to pay for college education could could really derail your retirement and that can be you know that can be a tough strategy and I understand in the US more and more people are going into retirement with mortgages or lines of credit that they've taken out. Co-signing for student debt, same thing. And I understand you don't want your student or child to end up with all this debt. On the other hand, if you can't afford it long-term, then you can't do it either. See, and to me, and I know this is my own opinion, I, I ask myself, if I'm going to lay out $80,000 to go to college, I damn well expect my kids to walk out of college with a job and an expectation that they'll be able to make enough money that justifies what we spent over those years. And that is an opinion that's shared by me, but me and some others, but not all. I mean, there's a lot of people that said, you know, they should go to, if they can get into Yale and get a philosophy degree, go for it. 
And I think, you know what, my opinion about some of the colleges, the college uh, experience is a lot of kids, you know, when they go to college, they're only focused on, oh, this looks fabulous. And, and it does. I mean, the this colleges nowadays are fantastic. Or the, or you know, the, or the campus, fanta- right. Fantastic. Um, they don't think about how am I going to help pay this back or how am I going to make my way in the world once I finish? And that's a reality check for a lot of kids that they should have in high school, not when they finish college and all of a sudden have 300000 of debt to pay back. But it's also, you know, a problem of us as parents. And I mean, I'm, I'm a culprit of that like anybody else is that we've spoiled our children to levels probably far greater than the way our parents spoiled us. Oh, that's for sure. For right? sure, in my case. For sure. <laughs> and then when you realize, you know, you got to have some conversations with the kids where they need to own some stuff, be held accountable, be you know, be responsible, find a job, pay expenses, all that kind of stuff. We're somewhat timid to have that conversation because we've been so generous to them in the years prior. But that is something we can control. That is very true. And it's an important conversation to have sooner rather than later. Because the kids, you know, if you start early on having those conversations, then the children understand that. they And, you know, it's only fair to them to start that conversation, particularly with college, to start that be, as they're looking at colleges. This is what we can afford. If you want to take on more debt, to go to some other school, that's fine. But here's the reality of that mm-hmm. situation. And some people don't want to look like, if you will, failures. I'm just using that in a broad term, in the eyes of their children. Because they didn't save. Because they don't have a job which allowed them to even put more money away. Or they've just lived a lifestyle where they've spent everything that's come in and haven't put money away for college. And now they, they look at themselves, oh, I screwed up. And, and that might not even be the case, in real, realistically. Right. Um, it's really more a question of if you want to give your children everything they want, then yes, you screwed up because you didn't save. Right. You know, we live in a very interesting environment where there's some people that have the good fortune of having cash flow. There's others that will never have it and will need to rely on financial aid. And then there's those that make two, $300,000 a year and can't figure out where every dollar goes and why they aren't able to qualify for financial aid. And then there are the, there's so many different levels of this. There's the grandparents that say I want, you know, that that have accumulated a lot of wealth. And for whatever reason some of them want to be generous in helping the kids and others are like, "Oh, I'm petrified because I might need it for a nursing home." That's right. And they don't want to give the money away yet. It's they could give it away now rather than waiting until they've passed away to pass it along. And then there's another group of kids that are waiting for mom and dad to die so that they can get themselves. I mean, there's so many different layers of this. Well, the hard, I think the other um, issue is, do you want to be equivalent with all the children and or grandchildren? And that's a tough thing to say, okay, well, sure, we're going to pay for college education for all the grandchildren, if you have 10 grandchildren, that may not be realistic, even if you've accumulated a right. lot of wealth. So you need to be very careful in how you um, set that up. It's much better to say, this is what I can afford, 
and set that expectation. Not that I'm gonna pay for college, but I will contribute this amount to college for each of the grandchildren. You know, the reason that we have these conversations on our podcast like this, there is no answers here. Of we're just opening not. up the question. And what we're trying to showcase to our listeners are these are questions that we're faced with trying to help clients answer on a day-to-day basis at Friedman Financial. And we guide people. We're not saying this is what you have to do. We just talk about all of the alternatives, all of the options, so that those conversations you know, are more meaningful. And it's not about, do I invest in X, Y, or Z? That's not what's most important. It's about the cash flow. That certainly is. And and as you said before, what you can control about that cash flow. Absolutely. And you can control a great deal of it. You know, so, there are some things that, you know, your mortgage is fixed. There are certain things that are fixed, but a lot of it is under your control. You know, so if now's the time for you to get serious about your financial planning, you want to pick up the phone and give us a call, we're happy to talk with you. Phone number is 978-531-8108. That's 978-531-8108. If you like these little tidbits, this financial advice in a language you can understand that we offer, you can sign up for our newsletter that comes out each and every Friday at 1030 in the morning. Go to our website, freedmanfinancial.com. That's Friedman to ease and a D, financial.com. Go to the bottom of any page. Put in your name and your email address. You can get signed up or just check us out on the web. Give us a call. We are here for you. We, we want to provide financial advice in a language you can understand. Any other closing thoughts tonight, Marion? Nope. The only thing I'd say is... Uh... You know, have a great Memorial Day weekend. That's absolutely right. It looks like here in Boston, uh, the weather's going to be great. It's going to be really nice. It's going to be really, really nice. All right, that's going to do it for us. We will see you again next week with more financial advice in a language you can understand. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please consult a certified financial planning planner, tax professional, or attorney prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC.